0: A peace that eluded us on our own, as who we are brought nothing but destruction and strife and struggling. God, help us to know what it means to bring Your peace into our mess, to bring Your light into our darkness,
1: bring Your joy into our pain. God, be with us as we learn who You are. It's your name.
0: All right. well it is good to see you this morning again. I want to just say thanks for being here to worship with us today and uh, we hope you are excited about getting into God's Word. In fact, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and uh, we are going to be wrapping up a series. That's right, you can cheer for that. That's good. Um, It is the Christmas hangover is what that is right there. Nobody's excited this morning. It's all right. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9. For you, those of you who are guessing, like, what in the world just happened right there? Uh, that awkward little applause. We uh, celebrate God's Word usually by screaming out and kind of being excited and clapping and stuff like that. Today, we're all hungover on Christmas, so we won't do that. Um, but it is good to see you guys. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9. We are concluding today a teaching series that we've been doing called He Shall Be Called. And we've been looking at the names of the Messiah that Isaiah prophesied that the one Uh, who would come to, to save us, would fulfill and the roles that he would take on. And so we've talked about Jesus as the mighty God and the wonderful counselor and the everlasting father and the Prince of Peace. And I just want to say thanks to Eddie Johnson, who did an amazing job last week in sharing about what it means for Jesus to be our everlasting Father. Loved getting a chance to listen to your message last week, and appreciate you speaking while I was out with my family for Christmas. Uh, It was a great job. But let's this morning just take a look at this passage once again, Isaiah chapter 9. Just read verses 6 and 7 with me. And Isaiah said this, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord almighty will accomplish this. And so when we think about peace in our world, actually, when I think about peace, I kind of think, you know, peace is difficult to come by in a lot of ways uh, especially around the holidays. I think sometimes we just go, man, peace is kind of crazy to come by. Whether, uh, for me is this past week with my kids being out of school and instead of them sleeping in, they come in my room at 5:30 in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Go back to bed. Dad wants to sleep a little bit. It's vacation. Let's get out some, uh, some sleep time. Uh, maybe, you know, you've been stuck in some interstate traffic, uh, this week while you've been traveling to see family and kind of those things. And, and it's just not peaceful. It's stressful. It's, it's chaotic. Um, and so we see this kind of chaos of shopping for last-minute gifts. Anybody do some last-minute Christmas shopping? Anybody? Be honest. Okay, good. How, how many of you were actually out on December 24th doing that last-minute? Okay, a couple of you. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, so, you know, those kinds of things, and it is chaos when you're out like that, right? Because you're just kind of wandering around going, I don't even know what I'm supposed to get. You're just grabbing stuff off the shelves and it's just, you don't even know, right? But then there's a thousand other people doing the exact same thing. And it's just chaotic when you think about those things. So, When I think about this, I go, you know what, you're probably not too much dissimilar to me that you didn't experience the kind of peace you might have hoped for this past week. Uh, Maybe you were kind of hoping this past week that you would get some time just to kind of hang out and not have to worry about stuff, and it just didn't end up like that for you. In fact, this is not something that's centralized just to us. A lack of peace happens all around the world. And if you read just the headlines this week about things that are going on in our world, let me just give you a couple Here are some headlines from Fox News and CNN and a couple of different sites. One says, Chinese survivors pulled from landslide landslide after 60 hours. People trapped in a landslide after 60 hours, but they were freed. Uh, ISIS uses civilians as shields against airstrikes. Russia is accused of killing at least 200 civilians since joining the Syrian fight. And then I saw one yesterday that said that there are 15 million people in our country who are affected by the storms that have been coming across tornadoes and and storms and flooding and all those kinds of things. And we just look at our world and go, there's just a lack of peace. And yet Jesus has come to be peace for us. Every corner of our globe seems to have a lack of peace. And it's not just the wars being fought. It's not just national tragedies. This is really about a lack of peace in our lives. Like when you think about your own heart, you kind of go, I know that there's something wrong in my heart. Yeah, I see the wars going on. Yeah, I see the national tragedies that exist. But in my personal heart, I know that there's a lack of peace in me. And so how do I deal with that? What do I do about that? A lot of us were probably looking forward to some of the time off this Christmas. If you were lucky enough to get some days off over the Christmas holiday, you might have been going, man, I just wanted that to be a peaceful time. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to spend time just hanging out, watching movies, reading books, whatever. And then maybe there are some of you here today that just got to this place and you look back on your Christmas. And Christmas Day was good and everything was great. You enjoyed your time with family. But if you were to be honest, you look back on the last week and kind of go, That was really crummy. I did not enjoy that at all. It was just bad, right? I mean, like, it is just one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. There was no rest. There was no peace. There was no time. There was just go, 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 go. It was just all the kind of stuff, chaos just erupts all around us, right? And so if you think that way, then I think you're probably like most of us just experience, yes, Christmas is great. We love being with our family. We love celebrating. But the holiday that we have kind of created with this Christmas season as we worship Jesus has morphed into something that I'm not sure that God really intended it to become. And so we end up trading out peace for all kinds of different things. Think about some things that steal your personal peace there's the shopping for gifts. We were, my wife just, she did most all of our shopping online this year. It was like, that is the best way to do Christmas shopping. Thank God for Amazon. Right. And so you're like, I don't even have to go out to the stores. It comes to me like Santa Claus now lives in, you know, a UPS truck. And so he comes straight to our door. It's fantastic. Um, you attended lots of parties, probably work parties, family events, social things, uh, school events that take place. If you have kids, you were at school functions, you were doing all these kinds of different events with schools and kids singing and little programs and all kinds of stuff. And it's just one thing after another, after another, maybe you had extra family obligations that you wouldn't have normally. Some of you are already going, okay, man, Christmas was fun, but now your worry has started going, you know what? That January credit card bill is coming. And that robs some peace from me. I'm really glad that I was able to get those things for my friends and family and kids, but that January credit card bill is going to wreck my life, right? And so it just, it's, it's just not peaceful in so many ways. And so when we think about Christmas, we think about what God intended, I wonder, is this really what God intended when he sent his son to the earth? Is what we do with his birthday celebration what he intended it to be? Because here's what I, I kind of believe. I think if you remember back to the night that Jesus was born you remember the angels showing up to the shepherds? And they showed up on that hillside where the shepherds were out watching their flocks by night. And you remember what the angels cried out? Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace and goodwill to men on whom his favor rests. And we see that the angels' proclamation of Jesus coming to the earth was that he would come to bring peace to us. But what we've done instead is we've traded the peace that God offers and we've created chaos on earth. You know, the angels didn't come and say, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, chaos to everybody. Go buy stuff for each other. Go run around, do holiday parties, have all these things. All of those things are wonderful and fine and good, and I love all of that stuff. But I'm not sure that's exactly what God intended it to be when we think about the peace that Jesus came to bring to us. And so we see Jesus coming on the very first Christmas and the birth of his, the celebration of his birth that he came to bring peace. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9, verse 6, that he would be the prince of peace that jesus was coming to be the prince of peace he is the one who reigns over peace and he is the one that supplies and provides peace for your life when you think about jesus being your prince of peace you go okay when i've got chaos in my life jesus can actually bring peace to that and so this morning, believe it or not, uh, I have had somebody that told me kind of talking about or preaching on peace is kind of like praying and asking God for patience. He's going to give it to you in a way that you don't really want. And so uh, as I've been preparing this message, was because, okay, peace. And, and it's just, God's going to give peace. And then I walked in here this morning and uh, we had an amazing celebration on Christmas Eve. It was a blast to be here. This room was packed. We got to sing together. Uh, it was just an awesome celebration. And then afterwards we all got to eat outside and, and hang out and It was like 80 degrees. I don't remember. Everybody was like opening doors so air could come into the building. It was hot in here. And so we're out there eating cookies and drinking hot chocolate and all that kind of stuff. And then we all just kind of left and it was great. Man, celebration. What an awesome Christmas Eve. And that was great. And I had a blast until I came in this morning and I started looking around and going, we did a great job planning to have this thing. We did not do a good job of planning how to clean up after it. And so I came in to get ready for church this morning. There's tables out here, crumbs all over the floor, trash cans overflowing with stuff. And it's just like, oh, no, we're going to have another 150 people come in this morning. And it looks like awful out here. We've got to do something about this. And so my heart, I don't know if you know much about me. You guys are still in some ways learning about me. But I am just one of these people that I'm kind of a perfectionist about some things and a neat freak about some things. And like that kind of stuff just throws me into disarray. And so to come in and go, oh my gosh, the guest services side of me that says we're going to have guests coming into our building where we're going to host people today, and it looks awful. I wouldn't want people to come into my home and it'd be like this. And so uh, I'm just starting to freak out a little bit. And the peace that I had experienced up until this morning started to wade, right? It was gone. And so Matt came out of the back room, and he goes, man, what is going on with you? And I said, I'm just kind of freaking out. I've got to clean up all this stuff. And he said, I'm going to help you out. We're going to do this. And so he came out. He calmed me down, and everything was good. Matt was the savior of the day today, and uh, he brought peace to my disorder. Um, But those are the kind of things that you go, Jesus came to bring peace to us. And I had to stop this morning after we got everything done and cleaned it up, and I just had to go, God, you know what? I have to ask you to forgive me because – I'm talking this morning about you, how you bring peace to our world and to our lives, and yet I let something like that just throw me into turmoil. And I let my life get into chaos mode because a few things weren't cleaned up and because we didn't plan for that and because I didn't do a good job leading out in that when we scheduled this event. And so I had to ask God, I need you right now in this moment to bring, again, bring peace because I'm going to get up in front of people today and talk about how you're supposed to let Jesus be the peace of your world and and bring peace into your life, and I'm in chaos mode right now. And so thankfully, Jesus brings that peace that we can't get on our own. And he was able to just take and calm my nerves this morning, calm me down. But Jesus is the peace that that we need. But oftentimes, here's how we think about peace. Jesus doesn't bring the type of peace that we think about most of the time. Uh, We think about peace this way, or at least in my mind, maybe this is a generalization. If it is, I apologize. But uh, ladies, maybe for you, peace would be, oh my gosh, if my husband would just take the kids out of the house for a little while... So I could, I don't know, read a book, take a bubble bath, watch a movie on TV. I don't know, just anything. I just need some peace and quiet. Like, that would be a wonderful day for some of you. Just to have nobody in your house, get people out, that would be peace, right? Uh, guys, for us, maybe it's that kind of moment where you're going, I just need to be in the man cave for a little while. Uh, I need to be in my shop working on a project that has kind of been looming over me. Peace for us comes when we get done with projects, right? When we can take things off of our plate and go, that's done. Okay, I can take a deep breath now. And for a lot of us, that's how we think about peace. We think about not having anything that's a disruption to us. Peace is the, uh, the elimination of, of difficult things. Peace is, is quiet. It's calm. And yet, in all honesty, that's not the kind of peace that the Bible talks about, and it's not the prince of peace that Jesus came to be for us. And so this morning, for a few minutes, I want us to look at what true peace is that Jesus came to bring. The peace of Jesus is different. And so this morning, if you're taking notes, just write down a couple of things and fill in the blanks here with me a little bit. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And here's what that that word kind of encapsulates. Here's what it means. Shalom carries with it the idea of contentment, of completeness, wholeness, well-being, and harmony. And so, Jewish people would use the word shalom as both a greeting and a way to leave a conversation. And when they would greet you, they would say, Shalom, peace be with you. And when they would leave, they would offer shalom to you, the peace of God. But it wasn't, man, I hope you don't have anything bad that happens to you today kind of peace. It was a peace to say, let's live in relationship with one another and let's live in relationship with God in a way that invites peace to our lives, a contentment, a well being. Uh, a a satisfaction, a completeness, and harmony that we might be made whole. And especially the Prince of Peace that Jesus came to be for us, he came to offer peace to us that would make us all of those things with his Father. He said, I want you to be whole and you reunited to your Father. Sin has taken away the peace that we had with God. We have uh, turmoil against God. We have hatred against God. We're at animosity against God. Jesus said, I want you to be whole with God. I've come to bring a peace to you that makes you right with my Father. I want there to be completeness. I want there to be contentment, that you're content in your relationship with God, that regardless of what else happens all around you, regardless of the chaos that fills your life, you're able to say, I'm content in my relationship with God. Everything else in the world can be going wrong, but I have God, and that's all I need that there's wholeness, that there's well-being, that there's contentment. And so the peace that was announced at the birth of Jesus was a peace that's designed to bring men together and to unite us with God as well. That's the shalom that God brings. That's the contentment that we have in Him. That's the wholeness that He offers to us. And so we don't need to look at at Jesus and say, Jesus, will you just take all the crummy stuff out of my life? Like if you could just get rid of all the, the mess, then everything would be a lot better. My whole life would be peaceful if my kids didn't scream and yell at each other all the time. That would be. Could you just make them better, God? Uh, fix them, right? Or maybe that's your spouse. I don't know how you're thinking about that one this morning, but just kind of. Would you fix that person that drives me crazy? Just take that out of my life. Give me peace in that. God's going. That's not really the kind of peace that I'm talking about. I want you to be content in me. I want you to be whole in me. I want you to be restored to me. I want you to find satisfaction in me and i also want you to have those kinds of things with your fellow man and so when jesus brings peace he wants to destroy everything that was taken from us in the garden of eden sin wrecked this world for us in the garden of eden there was perfect perfe- there was perfection in our relationship with god and with one another adam and eve were in perfect harmony with one another they were in perfect relationship with god and yet when satan came into the picture he tempted eve and adam to take of something that god had told him not to participate in And because of that, it was ruined for us. The relationship between one another was destroyed and the relationship between us and God was destroyed. And so when we think about those things, we see Satan wants to keep us off balance. And here's Satan's plan. If he can't keep you from having a relationship with God, he'll keep you from enjoying your relationship with God. If Satan can't keep you from being in church, he'll keep you from enjoying the church. If he can't keep you out of relationship with one another, he'll put enmity between us. He'll cause chaos between us. And he'll want to say, I can steal your joy and I can steal your peace so that you don't experience everything that God has for you, everything that God wants for you. And so we see that Satan wants to rule our life and reign over all of this world. And so here's the next blank on your island. Satan has, Satan has an end game. He knows that a lack of peace brings fear and brings unrest. He knows that. Satan knows if I can introduce fear and unrest into your life, I'll steal the peace that God wants you to have. And so we see that in so many places in our world. We're in an election year right now in a political system, and we see all of that playing out. How do we make the whole United States of America go into turmoil? Let's have people that can't agree with one another. Let's throw disharmony at one another. Let's just make there be fear about everything. Let's make everybody fearful so there's no peace. In your family, maybe there are things that you experience in your family that Satan just goes, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put people in your family that are going to cause just chaos for you. That's going to ruin the peace that you're supposed to have, that God wants you to have. And so he's going to still seek to steal your peace and steal your joy. We think about even our jobs. You kind of go, man, I don't have a lot of peace at my job. It's just hard for me to get up and go to work in the mornings. I don't even want to do that. My job is just awful. I don't even know that I want to go tomorrow. And so there's just no joy there. There's no peace there. And then even you think about in our churches, that Satan can go, you know what? If I can cause there to be conflict between people in the church, if I can put strife between you, then church is not fun. Or if I can cause you to live in fear, oh my gosh. What are the leaders of the church going to do? Are they going to introduce something that I don't want to be a part of? Are they going to do something I don't agree with? Are there going to be these things going on that's going to cause me to have to do more or give more or be more than I already am or want to be? And you just live in this constant fear of going, church is just going to suck the life out of me. Jesus is going, no, 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 I want to bring peace to that. I've come to reign and rule over this in peace. And so right now we see that Satan's been given power over this world to introduce those things, but his rule and reign is going to come to an end. Because the Prince of Peace has come to establish his kingdom. And so we've been talking all uh, this this month as we've gone through this Christmas narrative that the fact is is that the, the introduction of Jesus into this world was not so we had a cute Hallmark picture, right? We've been saying all along, this wasn't so you had a nice Hallmark card to send out. Jesus coming to this world was a battle. It was the introduction of the final weapon that would be used against Satan to destroy his rule and his reign on earth. And so God has made a way to end Satan's rule and reign. Listen to what Romans chapter 16 verse 20 says. The God of peace, I love this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And when we hear that initially, you go, that's kind of a a weird way to think about that, that. The God of peace is going to go to war with Satan. He's going to crush him under our feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not that peace, like gentle, let me make sure there's no problems in your life. He's going, I'm going to bring the shalom peace, contentment, wholeness, well being. I'm going to make everything right and good again. And to do that, I have to go to war with the one who's stealing peace from the world I created. And so when Jesus came, he came to crush Satan. And then I love what what Isaiah said again the government will be on his shoulders. And when you read in verse six, and especially in verse seven, it says this, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so when we see that passage, we we kind of get this idea that the Israelites, the Jews were expecting someone who would come in and reign in a governmental sense. And the vast majority of them missed Jesus as the Messiah because they weren't looking for someone who was going to come to save them from their sins. They were looking for someone who was going to come and save them from Rome. Jesus didn't come the first time to establish a government system. He came the first time to establish his relationship with us, to make a way for us to have a relationship with his Father. But he is coming again. This is the powerful part of the story. This is the, the story that we see that Jesus is going to come again and return, and he is going to bring with him his eternal kingdom. He is going to establish his rule and his reign on this earth. And when he does, it's going to change everything. So right now, the kingdom of God is twofold. And I want you to see this this morning very quickly. Number one, it's presently a spiritual kingdom. But number two, it will be a future physical kingdom. So at this juncture in history... We have a spiritual kingdom that God exists, dwells in heaven, that we cannot see that place, that we don't understand what's going on all around us. There is a spiritual battle that's being fought all around us, and yet we can't see it. We have a soul that after we die, Jesus came to save so that we could live in a spiritual kingdom with God. And so Jesus has come to rescue our soul from eternal death and punishment to give us life with his Father. But in the future, There's coming a day where Jesus will return and he will take Satan out and he will introduce his physical kingdom on this earth. He will destroy the earth with fire, the Bible says, that he will recreate it and that he will have his kingdom come to earth and he will rule in a physical world with his people. That we will be his people and he will be our God. He will bring a peace that we've never known before. And we will reign and rule with him forever and ever. And so this morning, I want us to, to think about that. I mean, can you even imagine what that would look like? Can you imagine a world of perfect peace? I mean, if you were to just to close your eyes right now and just go, what would a world perfectly in peace look like? Could you even imagine it? I don't know that we could. I don't know that we could wrap our mind around the kinds of things that Jesus is going to do and that God wants to do. Can you imagine a place where we are completely made one with God, that there's no barrier between us, that there's no limitations to the, the way we spend time with him, the way that we enjoy him, the things that we learn from him, that we have perfect relationship with God. Can you even imagine that? It's difficult for us to wrap our minds around. And yet in the Bible, there were a couple of people who were given glimpses to see what that would look like. And I just want to read these to you this morning. Isaiah and John were both given a look at what the world would look like under the rule and reign of the Prince of Peace. And so just listen to these with me. Isaiah 11:5 through 10 says this righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist the wolf will live with the lamb the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling will all be together and a little child will lead them the cow will feed with the bear their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox the infant will play near the hole of the cobra and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the Lord will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. And then Revelation 21, 1 through 7, John wrote this Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more mourning or death or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. And he who overcomes will inherit all of this. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. And then finally, Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street street of the city. And on each side of the river there stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And listen to this And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be this city, and the servants will serve him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be no need for light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God himself will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He has come to accomplish these things. His kingdom now is a spiritual kingdom. He's inviting people into this spiritual understanding that there is a time that your physical life is going to end but your soul is going to continue to live forever. And he's made a way for your soul to live with his Father in heaven for eternity. If you choose to accept and believe in Jesus Christ, then when you die physically, your soul will continue to live with God forever. If you choose to reject that truth, then the Bible says that there's another reality, that your soul will continue to live forever in a place called hell. That's a literal place, just as heaven is. And so you have a choice as to which way you will choose. But God has come, Jesus has come, to offer you a path to peace with him, to offer you an opportunity to have complete wholeness, well-being, contentment with him. So we have to decide what we're going to do with that. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Paul David Tripp. And this week he released a video on his, his blog that I want you to see this morning because he talks about peace in a way that really is more eloquent than I could, in a way that helps bring this final part of the Christmas message to a close. And so I want to invite you this morning just to watch this eight-minute video from Paul Tripp that talks about Jesus as our Prince of Peace, that talks about the peace that he's come to offer as we close our service this morning. So if you would, just...
1: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love the sights and sounds and themes of Christmas. I love when a city is decorated. I love when a house is decorated. I love the gatherings and the gift-giving. But there's something this year that I particularly love. It is that the Christmas story draws into focus us something that seems in our world terribly, terribly distant. I want to talk about peace. You know, we've all been saddened by the events in Paris and in San Bernardino with a Middle East that seems to be on fire, with millions of Syrian refugees who have no place to live, with a world that seems so dramatically in conflict, so dramatically broken. And all of that being flashed in our faces in the 24-hour news cycle creates fear and unrest in our hearts. And it seems like peace will never come. It seems like it's a vain desire and a hopeless request. And I love that this story, the story of the coming of Jesus, is a peace story way back in the Old Testament. In historical times when things seem just as broken as they are for us, these words were written, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will rest upon His shoulders. And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What the angels announced as they sang their song to the shepherds was peace. You need to look into that major and see the coming of the Prince of Peace. You see, God was not satisfied with the horrible, terrible brokenness of His world. The war of sin everywhere around that breaks families and breaks nations and breaks the rest in our hearts. God was not satisfied with that. So He sent His Son. He sent His Son to bring peace. Now, how does He do that? Well, first, to bring peace to us. Peace in our hearts. Peace that is the result of the deepest form of unrest in our hearts. Why are our hearts at such unrest? Because our hearts will only find their rest when they find their rest in Him. And so Jesus came to bridge the gap between us and God. To break the conflict between us and God. So that we would know peace and with God. And you see that peace with God is meant to do a second thing. It's peace with God that is meant to create peace between us. You see the only hope of real human peace is that my heart is no longer driven by greed and driven by power and driven by lust and driven by control. I'm no longer in the center of my world. That my heart is at rest. That I've found what satisfies me. And so, I can now love You. I'm not afraid of You. I'm no longer competing with You. I no longer need to rule You. I can be at rest with You. From beginning to end, This Christmas story is a peace story. You say, Well, Paul, where is that peace? Well, we only will know that in pockets in the here and now, where God helps us to have peace in a relationship or peace in a marriage or moments of national. Or international peace. But know this peace is coming. Peace is God's ultimate destination for us. That He will welcome us into a place where peace will reign unbroken, unchallenged forever and ever and ever. That peace, it's God's guarantee to every one of His children. That peace is why Jesus came. Now in between, here's what you need to understand. That that future peace is a guarantee that God will provide for you all the grace you need to live in a world that is not at peace. Future grace is God's guarantee of present grace. And so, the Christmas story is not just a promise of a future. The Christmas story is for today. The Prince of Peace comes to us to give us rest in a world that's not at rest. To give us peace in a world that has no peace to give us hope when hopelessness seems the rule of the day he does that because he came as the prince of peace the prince of peace is not just your future hope the prince of peace is with you today he knows what you're going through and he's invading your life by his grace so that you would know rest, not because life is easy, not because people like you, not because war has ended, but because Jesus is alive and He has invaded your life by His grace. I love Christmas because it's a peace story. And look into that manger. Don't just see the baby Jesus see the Prince of Peace, who has come to give peace and establish peace forever. Now that's good news in a world that's torn by conflict.